Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. song today and maybe we're scared to go for it but that was powerful and you guys know I don't know how to sing but it doesn't matter if you don't think I know how to sing and or if you know I, I don't know how to sing I like to sing and I like this song when the Lord looks at us and says you're no longer a slave that's powerful, you know. You'll unravel me. Sing from the top there. Yeah, let's go to you unravel me. Because that, listen to that. You unravel me with a melody. Can you sing that to the Lord? Surround me with a song. Come on, sing it to him. Of deliverance from my enemy. says a little something like this it says from my mother's womb you have chosen me love has called my name come on sing it sing it yeah your blood come on church can you sing that can you sing that where you're sitting can you hold the hand of the person next to you Lord I thank you that I'm sitting next to this person today I could have sat in any other chair next to anyone else but you sat me next to this person because you wanted me to pray for them today I'll give you a minute to pray for that person today give them boldness Lord let them fight through their fears let them know your blood rushes through their veins. Let them know that you call them sons and daughters in this place. Let them know that you unravel them. Let them know that you sing a melody over their lives, Lord. Surround them today, Lord God, with a song of deliverance. Sing to them a song of deliverance before their enemies, Lord, until all their fears are gone. Let them recognize that they are no longer slaves to fear. Let them know that they are children of the Most High God. Let them know today that from their mother's womb you've chosen them, that your love has called their name, that they've been born again into a family, oh God. Let them know today, Lord God, no longer slaves to fear strengthen my brother strengthen my sister anoint them today glorify yourself today you set me next to them Lord because they need a breakthrough today you you set me next to them because they need a miracle today Lord God you you set me next to them because I'm gonna look at them in the eyes and I'm gonna say go for it go for it today stop holding back stop stop hiding stop running away go for it preach the gospel go for it lay hands go for it speak the unspeakable go for it do it do it do it go for it oh lord strengthen us 
Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Calling us to go, 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 go for it, oh God. Lord, we give you the rest of this day. Your sons and daughters say, Amen. Can you give God some praise? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you guys can stay up here if you want. If you're comfortable, or you can get down, whatever. You guys want to get down, huh? All right. Don't join me up here then. Leave me all alone. But the Lord is here. His presence is on the stage, boy. Don't leave. Oh, man. Go for it. If you're walking off the stage, you're going for it. Amen. You're going for it. You're going for it. Good. He's going for it. Let's see. Does that mean go for it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Taking notes there, right? Go for it. So good to see you guys again. Last week was special. And, and today there's new blessings that come this new morning. Hallelujah. It's, it's so good to see some of your faces. Some people I haven't seen. I can't wait to end the message. I can hug some of you guys. And um, don't, don't leave in a hurry. Stick around. We want to hug each other and just say hi to each other. And um, just come and, and just fellowship for a little while right after service. And, 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 and the presence of the Lord is here. I don't know if you, were, if you were here right from the beginning, but as soon as Ali went like that, and as soon as they, 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 they dropped the first note and she opened her mouth, I mean, there was just a special cloud that just entered into this place. And um, I don't know if you guys felt it. If you were here from the beginning, it was funny because she said it. You know, as soon as she came off the stage, she whispered in her She's like, I told him to keep playing because there was something special up here. And I said, yeah, yeah, there was. And um, I, I believe it's the work that what God wants to do. And he wants to do something. I know, I know he has a word for us today. And um, it's those three words, go for it. And I just want to share my heart with you guys today. And, 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 and I wanted Mando to share that testimony because it's exactly what this is about, um, to go for it. And, and I'm sure many of you guys have many stories like that. And I'm hoping you do. And, and if you don't, I'm praying that starting after today, well, hopefully it started after last week. But after today, that, that you will look at it from a whole different perspective. How many of you could say amen? Amen. Let's, let's get into this. You know, when, when you look at all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, <clears throat> the Word of God, you're going to recognize that, that those who had the print of God over their lives, those that he called, you'll, you'll notice uh, that they were called to go for it. You'll notice that. Uh, when I mention the phrase, go for it, biblically speaking, um, Contextually speaking, what are some things you think about, some characters you think about? Um, is there any names or things you, you, that come to your head when I say go for it? David. David. Robert, you said David, amen. Jesus. Paul, Jesus, yeah. it's a great answer there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyone else? Mary. Mary, Esther. You guys are going to preach my message. That's good. Disciples. It's good. It's very good. I wanted, I, you know, the Bible says that you are living epistles. You know that, right? I wanted one to just stand up and say, me. Me. I'm a living epistle. Me. You should, see, you should hear some things about my life, how I've gone for it. Any me's in here? No? Hopefully. Go for it. All throughout Scripture, let's get into this. <clears throat> All throughout Scripture, those who, who've had God's print, God's call, it's, it's a call to go for it. R write this down. <clears throat> the ultimate call, the ultimate call in true identification of disciple. The ultimate call of true identification of disciple, you're going to see it all over Scripture, is go for it. Go for it. And I say that for, for multiple, well, really for one main reason. That the call of true identification of disciples is to go for it because I could back it up with scripture. If I'm going to say anything so bold like that, it needs to be backed up by text. It needs to be backed up by the word of God. So, so I'll say it one more time and I'm going to give you, I don't know, maybe two examples, maybe a little bit more, obviously, as I go on. But specifically two right now that you know of. So the ultimate call in true identification of disciple is to go for it. One example is in Luke chapter 9. 
Luke chapter 9, verse 23 for my note takers. Luke 9, 23. If, you, if you're not familiar with that passage, I'm going to kind of give you a little um, update of what's going on there. Here it is. Jesus is speaking to his followers. Specifically right here, he's talking to his disciples. And what he tells them, I'm guessing it's up on the screen right about now. And watch what he tells them. He says this. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross. And why don't you say the next part? And let him what? Yeah, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. Follow me. This is an amazing, amazing part of this passage, amazing scripture right here. Because I want you to see what Jesus is telling his disciples. If anyone, that, that covers everyone, okay, would come after me, they need to deny themselves. They need to take up their cross daily and they need to follow me. You almost hear it, right, in this, in this text right here, right? You almost hear the phrase, you need to do all these things and, and go for it, right? Go for it. Well, it's a call of obedience and of faith. When you look at this passage, it's a call of obedience and faith to, to let go and go for it. Let go and go for it. If anyone comes after me, deny themselves, take up cross, their cross each day and follow me. Let go and go for it. Another passage, just to kind of give you an introduction it is the same with the Great Commission in one of our codes. We talked about that last week. This is why I said this message is tied to last week's message. So you need to go back and listen to the podcast. But, but we talked about the Great Commission. We, we spoke about one of our codes um, in, in We Leave the Nest and so on and so forth. But in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says this in what is called the Great Commission. He says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. What do you hear there? What do you hear there? Go for it. Like go to this world and, and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Take it on. Go for it. Like do it. It's there for you. I mean, even Jesus says things like there's a field. There's a, there, there's a harvest. It's ready. I mean, when you look at the field, the, 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 the crops are there. The, the fruit is there. The, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know what that means, right? Jesus is saying there is a massive field, but there are people that are not going for it. <laughs> like, like if you're a farmer and you see a lazy farmer, you're like, shoot, I'm going to grab that dude's crops. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take of his field, because if not, it's going to rot anyways. It's going to be of no good, of waste. So I might as well just take, go for it. There is a massive field that the world who call themselves Christians are called to this world to do it. But the laborers are few, Jesus says. There, there, there's a few that are, that are tatted with this word called Christianity, but, but they, don't, they don't go for it. And Jesus describes that to his followers. And, and I hope that kind of irritates you and, and bugs you a little bit because I hope as I say that, you recognize that you've been called to a specific field. How many of you know you've been called to a specific field? Yeah. And, and your field that God's called you to, you don't understand this, but it's ready to pick up the harvest. You'd be amazed. How many times have I said this here? If you walk up to someone from work, if you walk up to someone from your family, you'd be amazed that if you walk up to someone that, that you just see somewhere, anywhere, whether it's at your local Starbucks or, or whether it's at your local market or wherever it is, and you just look at them and say, is there something that I could pray for you about? You'll be amazed that almost 99% of those people will say, yeah, you could pray for me. You'd be amazed of it. Very rarely will someone say, no, don't, don't. Get away, you're weird. Very rarely. Because why is that true? Because we live in a world which is broken, which is lost, which is hurting, and they long for hope. You guys are with me? They long for hope. There is a field that you're called to. Amen to that, but, but there's a call to go for it that you're called in. Go for it. Say it one more time. I want to get into the message. It's found really in, in these three verses, and it's in John 14. If you could turn there with me, John 14. I'm going to read verses 12, 13, and 14, and, and, and kind of really this is the foundation of, of the verses that I want to use for today and teach on and, and get my point across, John 14. When you're there, give me an amen, amen. John 14. We find ourselves in verse 12, and Jesus speaking here, and look what he says here. 
and just enjoy this passage with me here for a moment. He says this, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the, what does it say? Good. Will also do the works. The works that I do and greater works than these he will do. Because I'm going to the Father. He's at the end now of his life and he's giving this, these last charges to his followers. And verse 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do because I'm going to the Father. And if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I want you to see something that Jesus is highlighting. It's a specific word. Anyone know what the word is just by reading it? There's a specific word that Jesus is highlighting in this text, in this message here he's giving his disciples. What's the word? It's, it's the word works. You see it? He, he, you, we know that he's highlighting it because just in one verse he mentions it two times. And in one part he's going deeper into it. Like for example, he says, uh, truly, truly, whenever he says truly, truly and he's repeating himself, He's really making a statement here. He's really emphasizing on what he's about to say here. And he says, I say to you that whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. So right there we see the first example when he mentions the word works. But he doesn't end there just by saying, hey, he's going to do the same works I do. He continues to go from there and he says this next. And not only will he do the works that I do, but, but greater works than these he will do because I'm going to be with the Father. So I want you to recognize in the first verse right there, you're going to do works, number one, but don't just limit yourself to doing the works that he does, but also expose yourself in obedience to recognize that you're also authorized not just to do the works he does, but guess what? To also do what? Greater, Greater works than he does. Why? Because I'm going to be with the Father, meaning one thing. I leave my spirit with you, which is going to cause you to do greater works, but my person is going to sit at the right hand of the Father. Amazing passage. Great works and greater works than this you're going to do. I mean, I read this passage and it's, it's, it freaks a person out if you read it correctly. Because name me some of the works that Christ did. I mean, I, would, you, I preach it often here. I, I, I'm fascinated with the whole spitting on the mud. I'm okay with dirt. If you remember that preaching. I'm fascinated with that. Like I want to spit on some, the mud and make it clay and slap it on someone's eyes. In the name of Jesus, see again. <laughs> or, or I want to be bold and so in love that I could, I could die if it takes dying. For, you know what I mean? Don't get just so fascinated with the miracle because the greatest one was the cross. I mean... You could do these works and greater works than me you could do. I mean, that's a strong statement, Jesus, for the church to hear. When you look at the word works, if you're taking notes, you could write this. The word works in the Greek, it literally means the fullness of the ministry of Christ. It represents the fullness of the ministry of Christ. So, so what is the fullness of the ministry of Christ if we're talking about these works? Well, I'll give you some examples. When he says you will do works and greater works, it means you will do signs and wonders and miracles, boldness and knowledge and teaching. I mean, we could go down the list of so many things that define the works of Christ. It's the whole of his ministry. But when we look at this, this verse, there are two marvelous promises. Let's go into it again. Ready? Number one, you will also do the works that he does. Number two, you will also do greater works than the ones he does. How humbling and what a privilege to share such a thing with Jesus. To do these two things. That I get to share the works of Christ with Christ. And the second thing, that I get to do new works in him. In these two promises, there's, there's truths that I really want to just deliver to you today. Or deposit in your life today. If you're going to get anything out of my message as I go on. It needs to be founded on these, I guess, two truths. According to verse 12. So ready? We talked about sharing in the works of Christ with him. And to do new works in him. So what are the two 
What are the two truths that you want to share with me, Pastor? Well, here it is. Number one, here it is. I can function and live in authority. I could function and live in authority by doing life in Jesus. You'll understand what that means by the end of the service, hopefully. But I could live in authority. I can, I can flow. My life could flow and live in authority by doing life in Christ. So I started with number two because that is a product of this next one that I'm about to tell you. That I can find my true identity only in Jesus Christ. So I could find my true identity in Christ, and in that place where I find my true identity in Christ, I can now live in an authority by, by doing life in that Christ, in that person, in Savior, in Jesus. Amen? So in verse 12, let's go back to that. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do. Whoever, what in me? Whoever, whoever. Okay, whoever believes in me will what? Yeah, whoever will, you guys are believes, you guys are do. Whoever will, think about that. Whoever believes in me will do, believes in me. Whoever, whoever puts their trust in me, whoever commits themselves to me, whoever believes in me will do. Those, what is he saying? What is Jesus saying? Truly, truly, those who believe in me. Here it is. Truly, truly, those who have their true identification in me. How many of us have made statements like this? Christ in me. I'm Christ-like. The same spirit in Christ now lives in me. Same spirit in me. Those phrases is what? I identify with Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians that, that we are what? We are now heirs. Heirs. Heirs of God. We, we now sit in heavenly high places with Jesus. Like I sit on a throne beside the king. I, I share it in common with him. I, I, he, he's given me and he's granted me an authority to sit in a place where he sits. I'm not alone on a throne. But right next to me is the Lord, Messiah, Jesus. I found identification in Jesus. I found identification in Christ. He, he's my identity. That's, that's where I find my fullness. When I'm outside of him, I'm weak and I'm frail and I lack self-esteem and I'm a mess and I'm super emotional and sticky and yucky and I'm all these disgusting things. But, but when I start to walk in a car and I walk in my authority, what's wrong with you lately? It's because you've come to a place where identification is found in the place where Christ is found. I've related myself, I've, I've put myself and I've placed myself in the place of Jesus. I've I identified with him and in that in that identification I now have been granted an authority it's almost like saying I used to knock at dad's door but keys have been given to me and I walk in whenever I desire man we went from knockers to key holders not going to knock first? The heck I am. I'm going to walk right into this bad boy. Why? Because God's granted me authority because I have identification in Jesus. So you don't have to call pastor to ask him if you need to pray for the person in the aisle. Hey, you lay hands on that person and then you call me after and you tell me about the miracle that just happened. Don't be like, hey, I need a prophetic word. Am I supposed to pray for that person? Heck yeah. Pray for that person. Call me back and tell me the ministry. Tell me what happened. Come on. Because you have identification granted authority through that. You know, he's built relationships to, to point to something greater to come. So we look at father-son relationship. And, and I always share this with you guys. It's, it's like my son and my wife. Uh, my son and myself. My wife's included in this. Because the other day we were laying in bed at 7 in the morning. And, um, you know, we sleep with our doors open. We have two kids in their two rooms. So if someone creeps in the house, we got to hear the, the alarm go off and the thing say front door so I can know which way to go. Or back door, right? You know what I mean. But, but this time that didn't happen, right? We're laying at 7 o'clock in the morning. 
And we were sleeping at 7 o'clock in the morning. Can I get an amen? And my son walks in. He, he walked into my room. He just did one of these. His little head bopping up from the bed. Dada, mama. And we were going, what are you doing? It's 7 in the morning. You normally sleep till 11, 12 o'clock p.m. And he's, I'm not lying. Am I lying? This happened last week. And it's 7 in the morning. He woke up. He woke up. And he just walked right into our room. I mean, it could have been much uglier, but he would just walked right into our room and we were sleeping. He walked right in. But you know, my, my son doesn't have to knock at my door necessarily because he's son. So if he wants to walk into my room, don't you ever go visit my house and don't, t- don't command my son to do what to do in my house. He knows what his authority is because he knows his relationship to father. Huh? Oh, you should see the things my son does. <laughs> my daughter's still young, so she just stares at him. I can't even imagine what she's going to do. But he'll get crazy in front of me and Nancy. And if he really desires it, he'll give us a show. And he'll start dancing with his clothes off. <laughs> and he'll start saying, it's a booty, it's a booty, look at my booty. And he shakes it for mom and dad. And we're just like, you're crazy, son. You need prayer and deliverance and all that. No, but... But you're crazy, son. Go back. Go put your clothes on. And, and he thinks it's funny and he's running around the house. Ha, 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 ha. But, but what in the world? You see, none of you guys would come to my house and do that. That would be so weird if you show up and you just take off your clothes. And me and Nancy are just on the couch looking at you. And then you just turn around and you go, that booty. Look at that booty. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying, Amando? You get that? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think that would be rare. I think that would be awkward. I think you might get kicked out of our house. So what's the difference? Why can't you do it? But how come my son and my daughter can do it? Because they've been granted with this authority. They've been authorized. And if they want... They could live in such a freedom in the presence of dad. So when Mando got the call from, from up above and said, <clears throat> go for it. He's like, I'm taking it off. Did you guys get that? I'm taking it off. And he stood up in the middle of a... He wasn't even supposed to speak. The man already spoke. He messed up. He asked for that guy's name. He asked for Arwello's name. Mama wasn't even supposed to speak, but here, go for it. He's like, you got it. <laughs> and I'm not using that as a joke, family, at all. But I want you to catch the analogy of what I'm trying to say. He heard the call from above saying, go for it. And, and when you've been authorized, you've been authorized in that command to go for it. You'd be surprised in the spaces in which you obey that command. Huh? Huh? You guys know what I'm saying? You might be at a Miami Heat game and the whole game might just shift over to you because you went for it. The whole, the 300 section just all just turned to you because you went for it. I mean, Tim Tebow, I, I hate to name drop like that, but whatever, I just did it. But, but Tim Tebow goes for it in the middle of a baseball game. Did you see that? Amen. He's up to bat. I think he was batting or someone else was batting. I don't know the story, but I know he was, someone was batting. And a foul ball nailed, I think it was a ball or a bat, nailed one of the people. He runs. He's in a game. There's scouts looking at you. You're trying to make it to the big leagues. He runs over to the side where the person's laid out. Kind of leans over. And he heard a call from heaven. All right, I heard it. And, and what does he do? He begins to lay hands. And ESPN was recording. You think he cared? He th- you think he stopped? He, he just started laying hands and praying for that person that was laying down there. Because when you get the, the call to go for it, you'd be amazed in the spaces where God might take you with that command. I mean, it might not just rock the people around you, but you might leave from going for it and head back home and like, what in the world just happened there? I want you to understand this because 
How is it that we could flow in such a way? Because we found true identification. And because we have identification in the one who is, now we live in this authority that he's granted us. So now, now this means, now this means, please don't miss this. We are capable of doing the works that he does. And because of proper, true identification we have in God, because of that, the proper, true identification we have in God, the Son, Jesus Christ, now there's this authority that we've also been authorized. Back to the beginning. We are capable of doing works that he does. But because of that, now we've been authorized. Everyone say authority. Yeah. We've been authorized now not just to do the works he does, but the authority has been given to you now to do even greater works than the ones he does. So, so we have identity in Christ. We have identity in Christ. And then we have authority from Christ. Did you notice that? We have identity in Christ. And now we have an authority that flows from Christ. You know what I'm talking about. Back to, go back to the beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve. There's not a lick of them that had any kind of authority until, until God gave them the authority to flow in it. Go now and do everything that I've called you to do. And when you identify yourself with such, then there's an authority that flows from you. And there is the place where greater works is found. When identity in Christ causes authority from Christ. So, so now we're called with this command to, to go for it. And whatever that means. Because your go for it might look different than, than the person sitting next to you's go for it. You know what I mean? So, so let's share some things in common with some other amazing Brothers and sisters, some other amazing saints, and many of you said these words, right? Just because they're famous stories, most of them, and just for a reminder, here it is. Moses, Moses went for it. Yes or no? What did he face? Can you name me some things he faced? I mean, from the beginning, he faced his speech impediment. From the beginning, he faced lack of faith. From the beginning, God was telling him to drop the staff, pick it up, drop it again, pick it up, put your hand in your cloak, take it out, put it in, take it out. What else do I have to show you to show you that I'm with you? I mean, from the beginning, he was dealing with stuff. But come on, what's the massive, big thing that Moses dealt with? Yeah, he had to confront Pharaoh and the Egyptians after God dealt with him. Not only did he have to do that, but he had to stand before a big body of water called the Red Sea. And, and out of nowhere, watch Watch this. Lift up your staff and watch it split in half. That's, that's crazy to a human ear, to a non-believer. Those are fables, fairy tale, things you read in books. How does someone lift up their staff and a sea spits open and they walk through, the enemy comes behind them and then the whole sea swallows them whole again. There's, there's remnants of chariot wheels that have turned to corals in the middle, in the bottom of the Red Sea. I mean, it is proven that there are things in the water that belong to the Egyptian armies. You can't come against it. That's a story. No, it's not. It's in the waters to testify that there was a man named Moses and he went for it. And if you don't believe it, go check out some of the sediments down there and you'll see that the story's real. It, 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 he went for it. And, and Moses was called to go for it. I look at David, who, I think you mentioned David. David, what, what did David have to face? My goodness, where do we start with him? But we know that David had to face lions and bears. Remember when he faced the Philistine? He's given me lions and bears. He'll also surrender this Philistine into my hands. The training ground was lions and bears. The true test was faced when he what? When he had to do it publicly before the Israelite army in front of the Philistine. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Your public breakthrough your public go for it might be found in those private moments where he's calling you to do it faithfully. Yeah, yeah, because you might, I mean, I don't know if you consider this, but who cares, but just in case, you might consider this a public go for it. You might consider this a Philistine moment. If, if one of you are waiting for this moment to say, um, if one of you are, are, are waiting for a moment to say, hey, you know, go, go, you're up. Go preach next Sunday, I don't know. And, and you're waiting for that as your Philistine moment. That's, that's garbage. Because don't look for the, the victory and for the position of, I just want to go for it already. When can I do some of these things? When God is first calling you to lions and bears back at home. Like getting, okay, like, God, 
I want to be a preacher, right? Right. So the first thing we do is we go to seminary school. The heck with that. Go to a crowd and start preaching. <laughs> I mean, go to seminary school too, but you know what I mean? I want to be an evangelist. So what I do? I got to come under someone and start learning the tips of evangelism. You do. But come on, go, go look for a lion. Go look for a bear and evangelize to them. But I need proper training. Have you found identification in Christ? Then you've been authorized in Christ. You have proper training. Go attack the lions and bears. Stop waiting for a Philistine moment when God is giving you a jungle, a wilderness with lions and bears, and you're waiting for a Philistine. Come on, be faithful with the lions and bears, and at any moment now, God will promote you to the Philistine so that the whole world can see that that God that you profess, my God, he's been faithful in the private, and he will show you before the world, oh man, I put a go for it stamp on you, and because you've been faithful in go for it in the private, I'm going to show your faithfulness now to the public. Now take down the Philistine so that all the nation could now bow their knees and confess that the Lord most high, the God of Israel is the one and only true God. Go for it. Not just before the Philistine, but go for it starting with the lions and bears in the wilderness waiting for you. Go for it. Look at someone and tell them go for it. You guys are mighty quiet today, but I hope it's because you're listening. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Come on, David. Go for it. Man, David couldn't even put on Saul's armor. But he still went for it. Let me talk to you about that for a moment. Because my armor might not fit you. But that doesn't stop you from going for it. The armor that I'm dressed with is for the fight that I fight. But just because my armor... When I put it on you, it doesn't fit right with you. It doesn't mean that you're less qualified. It doesn't mean that you're not called. Just because my armor doesn't fit you, David, it doesn't mean anything. You still have a sling. You still have a pouch. You know how to use those rocks in that pouch. You go for it even if that doesn't fit you. I know what it's like to, to look for someone else and, instead of looking unto Christ. I know what it's like to, to say... I'll do it when someone up instead of just doing it because I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm, I'm telling you, go for it. Noah, Noah went for it, right? What did Noah face? He faced the what? Oh, you guys don't know that story. He faced a flood. Sorry about that. I thought you guys knew it. He faced a flood. If you guys don't know the book of Noah, it, he faced um, the story of Noah. He faced a flood for the first time ever it was going to rain on earth. But not, I don't even think the flood is a big deal. I think him building the boat is a bigger deal than the flood that came down. That's a bigger deal. Go for it. Build a boat. For what? Because it's going to rain. And what is that? You might have a what is that experience. God's like, I'm presenting you with that. What is that? I don't even know how to function in that. Right. But go for it here so that when that comes... There's fruit. There's glory. Elijah, go for it. 800-something prophets of Asherah and Baal altogether. 400 specifically of the prophet of, of the false god Baal. He went for it. He went for it so bad that he said, build two, build two altars and we'll see who the true God is. I mean, if you don't know that's the story, I don't have time to go into it. But he went for it. Daniel, he went for it. Hey, king, I know you're mighty. But I don't know if you know this yet, and if you caught this revelation, the one that I serve is so much more mightier than you. So I will not eat of your meat, and I will not bow down to your images, and I will not serve your gods. Well, well you know, Daniel is such, a, such an amazing. How many of you know that, that, that sometimes sucky things happen to men and women of God? Yes. Things that you look at as like, well, why would God allow such a thing? Well, Daniel went into a lion's den. Not a good moment for him, for his family. But he had to face the king. And God provided an answer in the midst of the lions then. He went for it. You know, Daniel didn't have to do that. You know, D Daniel could have still loved the Lord and still kind of just justified some of the things he did. How many of you, don't raise your hand. That would be awkward. But, but how many of you love the Lord, but you just justify some of your words, some of your actions, some of the things you do? But you still love the Lord. But, you know, you still eat from the, means, the king's table. You know. Every once in a while, you'll wink at the false god that, walks by, that you walk by. It's 
Is that true every time? But you love the Lord. Anyone with me? Thank you for not raising your hand. Daniel could have done that, and I'm not, I don't know if he would have gone to hell necessarily. But what was so important about Daniel was his obedience to the call of go for it was greater than the solution of just bowing down and bowing down and being conquered by, by fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Then we have three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into a furnace. What did they do, guys? They went for it. Esther, someone said Esther on this side, I know that. My goodness, Esther saved the Jewish people. And the Lord's like, that's dope. I'll have the king fall in love with you. Go for it, Esther. You look at the woman with the flow of blood. You've heard us mention that story here. There was a massive crowd to get around Jesus. She said, there is no way today I'm getting around Jesus. I've been kicked out. I snuck in already this close. There's no way. So she says, what do I do? And she did the lowest point she could do. She started to drag herself on the ground until she touched the hem of his garments. She went for it. Go for it. Face the crowd and reach to Jesus. The blind beggar crying out, son of David, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy on me. Go for it. Peter facing the masses on the day of Pentecost. You remember the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2? 120 of them all up in a room. They begin to speak in new tongues. Everyone thinks that they're drunk. He says it's too early in the morning. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. There's no way that we get, got into that ale at 9 o'clock in the morning. Don't get me wrong. Some of these 120 are kind of fishy. I've seen them in the bar lately. But, but, <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you, that today it's 9 o'clock in the morning. None of us have drank. Trust me what I'm telling you. And out of nowhere, God told him, go for it. He began to preach his first message. First message ever. 3,000 people get saved. What do I do now? Come on, follow me to the river, riverbank. We're going to baptize all of you. Right then and there, the first church was started. Bam! In Jerusalem. And began to spread all over the eastern world. What am I telling you? Peter, what? Went for it. You never know what you might do when you just stand up and you go for it. You might just touch one person and that one person might go back and save a whole entire nation. I'm telling you today, go for it because you never know what it might bring, that fruit might bring. Go for it. The criminal that was beside Jesus. Remember when we preached on the criminal on the cross? Lord, Lord, remember me today when you'll be on paradise. What did the Lord tell him? Today you will be with me. Today you'll be with me in paradise. I'll remember you when I go into my kingdom. What did the criminal do? He's not going to listen to me. I, 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 didn't, I, did, you know, I didn't take this. You know, there's people who believe that you've got to take certain steps to get to heaven. Yeah, you do got to take certain steps. Jesus on the cross is the certain step. But people think, no, I got to live out and I got to do this and I got to do it. I got to start a ministry. And the man on the cross, did he, did you think he struggled with fears? I bet you he did. Like, do I really tell him this? Do I, I feel like he really is the Messiah. Should I really say this? I don't know if people, uh, I'm just going to say, Lord, um, remember me today when you get to heaven. <laughs> he just went for it. And what he heard next was probably the, it was the greatest thing he's ever heard in his life. Oh, because of that statement, listen to this statement. Today you will be with me in paradise. He went for it. He fought the fears. Trust me, that man had to have been fearful up there. Even as he was getting ready to breathe his last. Ali from the back screamed out, Jesus. And Jesus went for it. Because he faced the cross for all humanity. Who do I send? What's the answer? The father knew. And what do I do? The world is a mess. I thought I took care of it in the days of Noah. They continue to go back to their sin. And Jesus, sitting at the right hand of the Father, says, Abba, Father, send me. I'll go for it. And he comes to the cross and he, he dies a death for all humanity. So with all of this said, I, wa I want us to consider this. Maybe, maybe it's when you're living in true identity and operating in this divine authority where where you take on this character of Christ that I'm talking about and you grasp the whole will of God. How many of you are praying, I just want to know what the will of God is in my life? You'll be amazed that that's what most of my meetings are about. I just want to know what God's will is in my life. I just want to know what God's will is in my life. I just struggle with finding out what God's will is in my life. I just want to know what God's will is in my life. Well, here it is. Ready? Maybe when you live in true identity in Christ and he begins to cause you to operate in that authority that he's granted you, in that right there, you will take on the true character of Jesus Christ. And when you take on the character of Christ, then you're going to take on the will, the will of God. Because you share the works in Christ, you share the works with Christ, and you share even greater works in Christ. 
That's my will. Pastoring is something I do. But this is not my ultimate call. You you guys see what I'm saying? Because I could pastor well and I could lose my family. So what good was pastoring? This is not my ultimate call. It's deeper than this. It's deeper waters. Say deeper waters. It's deeper waters. It's more than this. And it's not that I have to do more, but it's it's that I have to receive more. I have to understand more. I have to long for more because I have to recognize that in my identity in him, there's an authority. And I could flow in that and I could live in that. And he's going to show me his riches of his grace and of his glory. And then in verse 13 and 14, let's go back to that that passage in John 14. Um, John 14, let's get away from verse 12 for a little while. And let's jump to now 13 and 14 because I haven't really mentioned much about verses 13 and 14 yet, if you've noticed. I talked about identity and operating divine authority where you now take on the character and grasp the will of God. So maybe in that truth right there, man, I hope you're getting this part. Maybe in this truth, when you live in the identity and you operate in the authority and you take on the character and you grasp the will of God, maybe right then and there is when verse 13 and 14 become a reality in your life. How many of you have misquoted verses 13 and 14 so often in your life? You say it when it feels good to you. Here it is. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Because I'm going to the Father, and if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You've quoted that before. But do you understand what that passage means? That whatever you ask in my name, this I will do because I'm going to the Father. And if you ask me anything, repetition, emphasize, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. But whatever we ask in his name, and that which he does, is because there is a place of identity and a flow of authority where we grasp the character and the will of God. So when we ask, we're not asking with our flesh, with our selfish ambition, but we're asking through the heart of Christ and according to the will of God. And then God says, awesome, check me, you got it. Everything you ask, I will give it to you because I'm going to be with the Father. Go for it. I'm going to end with the passage and, and the team will come up here, and uh, I want us to go for it in worship. And um, I want us to take it up a notch, and I want us to, to really just humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I know you're calling me for more. I know you're calling me for deeper. I know you're calling me to go for it. I, I want to do what Mondo did, not just there, but everywhere I go, I want to do it, man. I want to I wanna be extreme and radical, but I got to hear from you. I got to see it from you. So I want you to join me in Luke chapter 5. I'll tell you what. Why don't you stand with me so I could have all of your attention. And for Luke chapter 5, and we're going to end it once I'm done. Luke 5. Everyone say verse 1. Yeah. It says this. This is when Jesus was calling the first disciples. I want to specifically, um, specifically mention Peter today. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching... On the shore, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. How many of you are going to Israel um, in 2018? How many of you know for sure you're going? A lot of hands? All right, good. Well, guess what? We're going to stand in the shore of the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good, man. Hallelujah. Notes. All right, here we go. So one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. You know, I feel like the Lord just changed the whole message on me. (laughs) Now, it's funny that the boats were empty, but... I believe this, I guess I'll just say it. I believe that that which the Lord sees empty, he desires to fill it. Come on, anyone empty in here? I believe he desires to fill it. Yeah, I do. Because there was one time he was in front of another crowd and their stomachs were empty. And he desired with compassion to fill their stomachs. There was another guy that was, remember, empty of eyesight. And he desired to fill his sight again. 
I'm wondering if I have anyone here that has ever been empty before and you've received the touch of God and what you've seen that he desires to fill your emptiness. Amen. I wonder how many of you are empty right now and God just spoke this to you. Oh, great. You came to a perfect day because I desire to fill what's empty. I might have to preach a message on on him filling empty things again. But there was two boats that were empty at the water's edge. The fishermen had left them there and they were washing their nets. Man, so much there. So sometimes he just needs to get man out of the way. <laughs> You're done with that? Good. Go wash your nets. Because now I'm going to take the boat over. Sometimes he just has to remove so he could take it in. It's so good. So stepping into one of the boats. Now, notice it's not empty anymore. He stepped into one of the boats. So there was, an empty, there was two empty boats. One of them is now occupied by Jesus. He steps into it. So Jesus asked Simon, who's, who's Peter, guys. Same Peter that went for it on the day of Pentecost. was the owner of that boat and he says push it out into the water push it out into the water so he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from the boat I mean I'm guessing I get why he asked to push it out into the water right because verse 1 says that the crowds pressed on him so I'm guessing it was too much already so he said, let's go to the water where they can't touch me anymore. So he preaches, his pulpit becomes the water. It's pretty cool. On the boat. But push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he began to teach the crowds from there. Look at verse 4 with me. When he finished speaking, he said to Peter, he said, now go out where it's deeper. Like, don't even keep reading for a moment because... Right then and there, Peter could, Peter could have leaned on and said, why? Let's just take it back into the shore. No, because Peter, you see, this whole situation that I've caused right here is not even about the crowd. It's more about, it's more about you. Remember, at this moment, it's weird when I'm about to say this, but you'll get it. Jesus wasn't necessarily at this moment calling the crowd yet to necessarily follow him. He was really going to focus on calling Peter to follow him right now. So he says, I want you to go where it's a little deeper. I'm wondering when, when you want to call someone closer to you, if that makes sense to go a little deeper. Man, I could call my wife up here right now. And, and, and that's true in any relationship. And Peter's like, what? He's like, yeah, if, if, if we're going to do this right, we're going to go to a, a place of depth where I'm going to reveal something to you that in the shadow, it won't mean the same. So, he doesn't end there. He says, go where it's deeper and then you let down your nets to catch some fish. Look at verse 5. So Peter says, Master, we worked hard all last night. And we didn't catch a thing. Stop there for a moment. <laughs> and, and I told this to the 930 huddle. I said, I believe verse 5 is exactly what Jesus wanted to do. That's exactly what Jesus wanted to bring out of him. I think that when, I think that when Peter said, Master, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught anything. I think right then and there is when Jesus says, right, I thought you were going to say that. That's exactly what I wanted you to say. And then Peter says, but, but if you say so, I'm going to let my nets down again. I don't know, but when I read that, I read it like this. Lord, I've fished all night and haven't really caught anything over here in these waters. But you know what? If you say so, I'm just going to do it again. I believe there was probably a frustration there. I don't. 
Peter really hasn't done life with Jesus. I don't think there was any faith there yet. Maybe he was like, let's just get this over already so I could go home. I'm hungry. I, I don't know what Peter was going through, but whatever, Lord, if you say so. Anytime the phrase, if you say so, is presented, I don't think what comes after it gives it any credit. But if you say so, I guess that's the thing. I think like right there, you just discredited everything you're about to say. But if you say so, I'll go out there again. I'll let down my nets again. Verse 6 says, and this time, everyone say this time. Yeah, let me tell you something. Because when I wasn't in your boat, you fished aimlessly. But I'm present now. You found identity. You found a place with me. So this time, oh man, you see, there was a time when I wasn't on a boat and there wasn't any fish being caught. There was a time when I wasn't standing with you in the boat. There was a time when you didn't identify yourself with me. There was a time when I didn't tell you to go to a deeper place. There was a time where I didn't challenge you to drop nets when all you did was feel comfortable with holding on to your nets. There was a time when you did some things and it didn't make sense because you didn't see the product that you wanted to see. But this time, I'm on the boat. Go deeper, drop nets, and fish are going to fill that which is empty. I'm I'm wondering if you're in this place and, and God is saying there's works for you scratch that there's greater works if you identify yourself with me I'm going to give you an authority that you're going to drop nets and as you drop nets fish 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 are going to jump into your boat because of an identity and an authority that flows from you but this time but this time If you say so, I guess I'll drop my net. No, no, no. It's not if I say so. This time, I'm with you, baby. Boy, this time, I'm standing beside you. This time, I will present to you that in which was empty in your life. This time. Oh. So this time, their nets were so full of fish. One time this time that Jesus was present and they began to tear and a shout for help brought their partners in other boat and soon both boats were filled I almost feel like preaching deep divine fellowship again but Peter you're going to need some people around you because there's going to be a time about three years from now where you're going to remember this time huh? Huh? you're going to stand up one day and they say, we're not drunk. Here is the promise of God. These men are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 get saved. Your boat is being filled and the net is ripping. Lions and bears in the water. But one day I'm going to present you in a Philistine experience. And you're going to stand on the day of Pentecost. And you're going to go from your, from your nets tearing and your boats being filled to... 120 praying in a room to now 3,000 have to fit and the the net's going to rip again and the building's not going to fit all the people but if you don't understand it in the depth of what I'm showing you here you see you see Peter you can remember this time Peter because there's going to be a moment where you're going to stand and, and, and you're going to go from, from catching fish to, to catching men. You're going to go, you're going to go from lions and bears to greater things. But you got to see, you got to see my faithfulness here. You, you got to find identity here. You, you got to get to depth here. You got to get to a deeper place here. You, you got to drop some stuff here. Nets here. Things that you're comfortable with here. Because this time, I'm going to show you something that when you get over there in that time, you're going to live in the faith because of what happened this time. Peter I'm telling you today that there's going to be a day that you're going to need it. So go call some of your friends and and some of his boys, which actually were some of the very disciples that begin to do life with Peter. Come, and they start to help him. And they start to put fish in their boat. And both boats now start to sink. 
both boats are overwhelmed. And you can almost see Jesus telling Peter, get used to this stuff. Because three years from now, you're going to need to help him baptize people. Three years from now, he's going to have the greatest altar call that any man has ever seen. Three years from now, you're going to start a church and it's going to spread. It's going to spread all over the world. It's going to spread to continents. It's going to spread all over. It's going to start. And it's going to start in the depths of the ocean with lions and bears. But I'll show you what it means this time over there. I'll show you. Go call some friends. You're going to need some help. 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 When Peter realized what had happened, verse 8, he fell to his knees and he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Amen. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that had caught as the others were with him. I told you there were others that were going to be with him forever. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Little did you know, little, little did he know that Peter, James, and John, those three would become the closest knit to Jesus. But this time, you imagine when they were all older, well, you know, they all died at different ages and martyred, except John who was tortured and thrown to an island, but... They're a little bit older after Jesus had resurrected. Can you imagine them telling them stories? Hey, remember that time when we were young and we were on the boat and Jesus, now look at us. There's churches all over. It started with fish, but easily became man. Wow. It started with this, but could easily become so much more. It started with a funeral service but it could be so much more started at the gas station but it could be so much more started at the dinner table but it could be so much more verse 10 when James John were all amazed Jesus looked to Peter and I love what he tells him next don't be afraid because from now on you will be fishing for men. You will be fishing for people. I know that there has to be someone here that God is telling you, go deeper. Let down nets, catch fish. But don't be afraid. Now you're, you're going to fish. And you're going to move to greater things. But don't ever forget this time. Don't ever forget this time. Don't ever forget this time. As you meditate here and just close your eyes, if you know, you know who you are and if God is speaking to you, I just want you to open up your heart right there where you're at. I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to say, well, I don't know. Don't doubt. Don't. I mean, Jesus saw Peter's heart and he says, don't be afraid. I believe that the reason why he told Peter don't be afraid is because he saw fear. He saw fear in Peter's eyes. He said, don't be afraid. You should see what I'm going to show you from here. I, I don't... You see, Peter, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you to a life of go for it. Your life is not going to be about fishing here in the Sea of Galilee anymore. Peter, I'm... Those nets and that lifestyle is what you're comfortable to. I, I feel God saying this to one of you. But that which you're comfortable to, you're going to drop that. Because you might as well catch all the fish you're going to catch right now because you're done here. Your call changes now. I'm going to call you to a different kind of fish now. Different kind of fishing. You're going to be called, Peter, into a life of go for it. My identification is on you now. Authority has been given to you now. And the command to go for it, the act of obedience to go for it is, is yours now. Now go take it, Peter. Go for it. I'm going to give you many men. Many men. To pastor, to father, to lead. You thought this fishing industry was your, was your end. I wonder how many of you think you're at your end. Because you made it somewhere.
God just told you to to shut it down turn it off maybe you've been praying for something like that I need a confirmation and today he says awesome turn it off drop the net because this is this is the last time because I'm going to call you for more now I'm going to give you the call to go for it from this day forward as we sing this song I want you to open up your heart to the Lord open up your your soul your mind all of you and say Lord I I know your call on my life to go for it is is made real today in my life and I want to I want to be obedient to it. So here I am. Here I am. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go to deeper waters because deeper waters is the place where where it's found. I want to go there. I want to drop the nets there. In the depth. Uh, I don't know if you're here and you're like, God's calling me to go deeper in that depth Lord I know there's a call to go for it right there if that's you just begin to open up your heart begin to cry out begin to surrender those things because this time this time the Lord's going to show you the Lord's showing you this time if you need prayer it's, I mean the, the altar's open we'll pray for you but but I don't know how this is not a message for the whole church but I mean, we'll come alongside you and pray with you if you want us to pray with you. But we're right there where you're standing to say, Lord, fill me, Lord. I want to be called to go for it. Here I am. Come on, seek him, church. Cry out to him.